0: Welcome everyone. So many of you have asked me how to better connect to the Akashic Records, to the planetary information field, and more broadly speaking, how to improve intuition, how to connect deeper to their own intuition, because we all have that intuitive awareness, intuitive knowing, but for most of us it's a process getting there, right, to become attuned to the subtle world, to the subtle energies. Uh, So people would ask, well, how can you do it? How do you tune in? Uh, What does it take? How do other people tune in? Um, Some people are born uh, with let's say, psychic abilities or the ability to see uh, the subtle world. Uh, And some have trained to do so. Usually it's a combination of a gift of being born uh, with energetic sensitivity and training, right? Because if you are just energy sensitive, you simply get bombarded by impressions that you need to sort through that, you need to learn how to use. So being as sensitive as such, it can be a curse rather than a gift. But learning to work with that gift, training uh, to read energies, to read people, to read the subtle world, to astral travel, it's a training and it usually takes many years and in a certain sense it's a work in progress. We can improve our intuition, uh, for sure. So, what do we do practically? How can we connect to the planetary information field? And I think the main problem is not that we don't have intuition or that we are somehow blocked or that there are blocks. Yes, there can be blocks, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the main problem is the way we live, is what we pay attention to because for many people and including for myself a while ago life is all about doing things right it's about doing it's about talking it's about you get up early you uh, get dressed quickly take a shower run to work you drive as fast as you as you legally can you work as fast as you are capable, you are producing something, whether it's ideas or actual goods, Uh, you are making money, or you are teaching, you are achieving something, you have goals, then you have lunch, then you produce some more, then you run home, you maybe manage to go to the gym on your way, pick up kids, uh, then run to somebody's dinner, go out Uh, I don't know, to a restaurant, to a pub, talk to people, you come home, you're dead tired, you fall asleep, and the cycle begins again. How intuitive can you be? Um, I suppose when it comes to matters of life and death or being in a situation of war, you can get to be intuitive somewhat, such as feeling this is not a good street to walk on, it's maybe safer to take the other route. But Usually there isn't much room for intuition, for anything really, for uh, spiritual advancement. Um, and perhaps you can be a highly spiritual person. You can keep a certain spiritual practice, for example, getting up a little earlier or spending time in the evening uh, to pray or to meditate. Um, giving an extra half an hour um, to, of course, put your life in alignment, such as not lying to yourself, lying to other people. But there is very little room in the busy life to cultivate that invisible side, that side of you that connects to the invisible side right i know for myself my spiritual many of my spiritual awakenings or let's say you know the first spiritual awakenings that i had they always happened in a retreat or somewhere where i was thrown out of the usual routine so i found myself with more time that's the first thing with more time where i was thrown into being not doing, in a retreat situation, you are allowed to just be. If it happens outside your home, outside your city, outside the usual routine, you come by yourself, even if it's for a couple of days, it can be shocking how many profound realizations suddenly occur, because there is no noise. And that noise is created, of course, not just by maybe the news we read or the people we talk to, but by our own activity. We like to keep ourselves busy. Let's say most people in the world like to keep themselves busy all the time. And some are terrified of actually being alone and not being busy. I was talking to a friend um, a little over a week ago And uh, I was laughing, saying, oh, I never wanted a big house because there is so much cleaning to do. I always felt life was too short to spend all of it on cleaning and fixing things. And he said, oh, no, but for me, it's the other way around. It it gives me something to do. So there is this fear, well, you know, what am I going to do if I don't have anything to do? I have to do something If, if... For example, that friend were to get sick, God forbid, and have to lie down in bed for a week, let's say, with nothing to do, not being allowed to have anything to do. I think it would be a horrible shock to the system. It may eventually become a wonderful experience because maybe by the end of the week he would finally have an opportunity to rethink his life, or maybe not, maybe it would be the worst week of his life, having nothing to do. So there is this relationship with doing things, with running, with achieving, that effectively blocks the uh, conscious awareness of energies, of invisible things, of connecting to our own heart, our own soul and even when some spiritual shift happens even when we begin to realize that we are more than just do that the world is more than just doing that our life is not centered just on uh, you know the the physical world and what we can achieve what we can produce what we can contribute that there is more to it but still by inertia we also approach the spiritual reality was the same attitude that we have to achieve right so you'd come in and say someone asked me when <clears throat> can you give me a timeline when will i get clairvoyant <laughs> well <laughs> that's uh, that's up to you so we op- often have this um, first, the idea that something is imposed on us. You know how people go to psychic hotlines, for example, and ask for a time frame because they believe with all their hearts. Well, of course, the that's the tradition. A psychic has to predict something, right? Um, but the people believe with all their hearts that it is imposed on them, that, yes, I need to know when will it happen. Well, like in, in a week or two weeks, will I get... Will I get a job? Sometimes, of course, it's very clear what is likely to happen, although there is always a a possibility, a probability. But in the spiritual world, you can't place achievement in a time frame because it really depends on us, on the effort that we put in. So nothing, um, and especially the higher up you go, in vibration it's not something that is imposed there is an element of allowing yourself to receive so it's not like someone is going to come down uh, put their invisible hands on you and say that's it baby now it's been three weeks i am granting you the gift of clairvoyance voila there you go it doesn't happen right maybe sometimes by miracle Someone receives the gift of clairvoyance like that, but in most cases it doesn't happen. It's a development, it's a practice, but in reality it's about a person opening themselves up to the abilities that are already within them, only it's a part of them that they haven't connected to yet. It's a higher vibrational part of them. But we like to approach also the world of spirituality with this um, achievement mentality that, okay, now I am going to strive to read the Akashic Records, for example. When do you think this is going to happen? Like by the end of this year, will I be able to read the records of others? And will I be able to see or to hear? And the truth is, right, this depends on how capable you are of receiving, what kind of inner work you are willing to do. So these spiritual gifts, they are, first of all, they're not an indication necessarily of our spiritual evolution. Some people are born with spiritual gifts and yet. They end up their lives in prison, uh, or worse, or become cult leaders and lead many astray. Um, Although usually there is a fine gray line between cult leaders and uh, their followers, but that's another story. But the spiritual evolution, or maybe better to say the evolution of those extrasensory gifts, it's a process of opening to the invisible world. And this process, it requires being comfortable with just being, not doing. So we can't really approach um, reading the Akashic Records, accessing the planetary information field, um, developing the gifts of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, etc. We can't approach it with this doing mentality with, I have to achieve, I have to press for it. Yes, how many hours a day do I need to practice to become perfect? While there is, of course, the element of discipline, this yang, the doing, the pushing, there is also the yin element that wants to come in, and that is the element of receptivity, of staying still. So the best advice I have in terms of developing spiritual gifts connecting to your intuition learning to read the Akashic records is first of all learning to be still and that can be much more difficult than it seems if most of your life you have been running from morning to night and learning to be still is going to be very difficult So it can start as a practice, for example, for 10 minutes a day, you will sit in complete silence. Also allowing your thoughts to be silent and listening to the space between your thoughts, the space between the sounds, the space between you and the other objects paying attention to the spaciousness so some meditative practices um, are stressing you know are improving this ability of just being of just staying present and this is crucial for developing any spiritual gift and especially reading the akashic records as the planetary information field it requires the capacity to be still, to be receptive, to listen. So it's not about pushing to know more information. It's not about, oh, how can I get the most information out of here? Just give me, why am I not getting anything? I want more. If we try to transfer this mentality from our daily life into Reading the Akashic Records, well, it's never going to happen. There is nothing much that is going to come. Maybe some little things, the glimpses, but no profound revelations and no profound connections to the spirit world. So the ability to practice stillness, to just sit in silence and to be comfortable with nothingness, was not having anything, was just being, however you achieve it, however it works for you, maybe through meditation or Vipassana retreats or uh, contemplative practices, say, in the Catholic or Buddhist or any other tradition. But without that, there is no progress because listening and receiving information from the higher vibrational source such as the akashic records for example it's impossible by purely you know yang method of pushing you have to you need to learn to be receptive to sit in silence to understand to have this experience of silence beginning to speak when this happens when your thoughts, when you drive, when you're pushing has stabilized, when you are at peace, and you recognize, for example, that after 10 minutes of silence, of inner silence and outer silence, your questions suddenly look different, sound different, and maybe have different answers. Also, this experience of receiving answers to your questions or your problems after having meditated, after having been silent for, say, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. In the beginning, I would say it's impossible to cultivate silence for longer than 10 minutes at a time. But then gradually we can begin to restructure our lives. For example... Uh, not listening to music on the headphones anymore, cultivating silence in in the home, such as giving up uh, radio always playing or TV always being on, uh, refusing idle conversations as in monastic communities. These are gradual changes, no... And it requires also the capacity to observe where does this energy go, right? What what occupies our thoughts? Where does the great most chatter come from? But unfortunately, it's impossible to become more intuitive, to become more perceptive without cultivating that inner stillness, without cultivating the ability to just be. Just be present that's where all intuitive gifts all intuitive insights come from so by pushing by projecting that same strategy we use in the outside world we can't achieve anything in the world of intuitive development and uh, you know having those practical intuitive gifts capacity to scan energy read energy read read people. So this requires a more yin, a more receptive, immobile listening mode where you go into silence and from that silence you start receiving information. And that's the first step. That's kind of that connection to the planetary information field. Um For example, if some of you have had this experience of, let's say, meditating or uh, having a silent retreat, and you know how the answers have often just come intuitively at the end of retreat or after the meditation, that's because the thought patterns have been restructured, suddenly the noise is gone, and you have this inner clarity, and you're actually able to tune in to the information field around the planet, intuitively, just because your channels of receptivity have been open. So that's the first step. That's to stop running and stop doing and to learn to just be. Is it conductive to the way? or well, let's say is the way <laughs> most of the world is living now conductive to, that de- to the intuitive development? No. So, certain gradual life changes might be needed for, for some of you, for example, if you are interested to become more intuitive. But, of course, with always running and always being busy, it's difficult to cultivate constant awareness of the subtle world. But at the very least, we can make time for stillness, time for meditation. And that time will slowly start permeating every area of our lives, because we also begin to notice that this stillness starts also coming in in the busiest times. Just the memory of having meditated of having been still it suddenly can come in the busiest time it's like the well of energy that you can go to even if you have to run around like crazy there is a part of you that is still meditating right and so you are now connected to that part so with time this silence, the stillness, it starts expanding to every area of our lives. And even in the busiest moments, it, as if by miracle, it also starts coming in. Because in the end, everything is layered, right? Everything exists at the same time. So that's the, that's the beautiful part of having a spiritual practice, such as uh, meditation, uh, or, you know, practicing presence, practicing stillness. So, in terms of um, intuitive development, then uh, going further, there are, of course, also targeted practices. Uh, There are meditations and courses and trainings aimed specifically at learning to read the Akashic records, learning to develop... Uh, clairvoyance, uh, clairsentience, clairaudience, etc. Learning uh, to use your uh, mediumship abilities or your psychic abilities. Um, there are various modalities and various trainings, each taking a different angle, perhaps, and um, there is always something to learn. Eventually, also, I mean, that's. That's another intuitive skill, finding the right training, finding what appeals to you. Uh, so that also requires that capacity for stillness, for cultivating this um, inner immobility where it's not your ego that's, that says, oh, this looks bright and shiny, I'll go for it, but where it's actually your inner inner self that resonates with something in the product, in the course, in the training that is offered. Um, And the best way, I think, to proceed in learning and developing is also having um, spiritual guidance and I mean, um, again, this invisible spiritual guidance. In one of my podcasts, I spoke about the ambrosial hours, this two hours or an hour and a half uh, before sunrise, like that time of the dawn, which is very vibrationally different, um, where the, um, you know, they say that the prayers are heard better. Um, This was also used always in many spiritual traditions as a time basically to develop the intuition. So after certain prayers or practices, you would just sit there still and listen. Listen to what the universe has to say to you. And um, in most spiritual programs, let's say trainings, um, Akashic Record trainings, uh, we are taught very early on to connect to our guides to connect to the spirit guides to a particular guide a person a being who helps us navigate that otherworldly information and this is also very important Um, the topic of guides is is very vast really because we can receive spiritual Guidance, and again I mean this, you know, otherworldly guidance, so not an earthly teacher, but a teacher who is no longer in the body. Um, We can connect to teachers that we already know. For example, there is a specific person who is no longer living, but you know them, you want to connect with them, and so you basically just ask them if they're willing to be your teacher. And sometimes it happens spontaneously or intuitively, you read about someone, you feel connected with a historic character, and you feel a certain information channel starting to open. Sometimes we receive those guides through uh, guided meditations, through initiations in a a teaching program. Like, for example, you go and study how to read uh, the Akashic Records, and you have meditation where you are introduced to your guide so someone appears that is going to be your guide your librarian let's say your teacher in this field sometimes um, mystery mystery schools or esoteric schools um, they introduce you to their own guides or there are certain objects that are charged with the energy of that guide I, for example, personally have several um, of this type where there is a special being um, sometimes created or modulated on the basis of a historical figure or sometimes we're connected to uh, this incarnate teacher who lives on the higher planes of existence and they are then guiding the initiate on the path, so helping them translate this uh, information that comes in. Again, developing the connection with this God, of course, it takes time. And again, it's uh, the prerequisite, of course, is the capacity to listen and to be still. Uh, But again, the good thing about it is the more you practice, the more you listen, You will notice that suddenly this guiding voice, it will come in, even in the busiest of circumstances, even if you are running around, you know, doing shopping or are late for a meeting and are running, but suddenly you hear that inner voice that you are already familiar with. So it will start again penetrating all the areas of your life. So the important part is just to start, is just to take those few steps into sinking into being. And then this being will start permeating every area of doing as well, and gradually, gradually changing your life and the capacity to receive information. There are, of course, those <laughs> magical instruments, magical um helpers such as crystals for example or you know specially charged crystals um, that maybe increase intuitive ability psychic ability Um, they're helpers they're not magically going to open your I don't know what third eye and you will know everything that was ever known they're helpers but they increase that connection Um, retreats in power places, in particular spots that are known for activating intuitive abilities. Those are also um, sometimes you can get to a particular place, um, or for example, spend time in a Buddhist monastery, and there will be a certain opening that suddenly makes you realize things. Um, I used to go on quite a few pilgrimages, and it was always an incredible experience because there were so many openings to reality, to perceiving this otherworldly information, to receiving. That's how I started practicing channeling um, as well, Uh, just connecting with um, particular representations, channels of the divine, such as the different Black Madonnas. Uh, it was a unique experience, a tour of the Black Madonna sites in southern Italy, for example. And I was able to connect to all of those um, goddesses, if you like, or it's more like a channel of a particular Madonna, right? So she has a unique energy, and so many people have connected to her in prayer, so she becomes like a separate being, which in reality, of course, does not exist as such, but at the same time there is this particular form, like, because so many people have actually uh, connected with her as a person, so this form becomes very personable. And it was so interesting, you know, tuning into that energy, hearing her speak, receiving either, you know, compassion, or empowerment, or protection from evil. Um, so, and this is also an aspect of the Akashic Records, because again, this channeling, it connects you to the information flow. So, but the bottom line here is that by pushing and striving and trying to achieve setting deadlines, time frames, we're not going to get very far in trying to cultivate intuition um, in working on a particular spiritual uh, gift such as uh, channeling or um, clairvoyance or you know maybe energy healing. All of these require, as the bottom line, as the, you know, pillar, they require the capacity for being, the receptivity. And without cultivating receptivity, it's impossible to cultivate any type of intuitive ability, including reading the Akashic Records. But of course, the more we practice, the more the energy opens to us so it's also about not giving up so i hope this <coughs> encouraged you a little bit in terms of proceeding further if you are learning to read i know there are several of you who have taken different akashic record uh, courses or trainings and are starting uh, up in that field and many uh, working on developing intuition and kind of want to know what what to do sometimes to have that intuition to actually tell them what to do so this is um, I hope this is helpful and inspirational now um, for those of you who know me and those of you who don't so um, I read the Akashic Records myself and also have healing sessions um, where we go into this higher vibrational field and clear the energies from the soul level, uh, clear the um, blocks that are at the level of the soul, past lives, soul level decisions and also general energy clearing, ancestral healing, um, inner child healing and etc. I have also started so on last every last Saturday of the month, um, it's in the evening uh, in the Central European time, the morning in the US, and uh, depending on <laughs> wherever you are in the world, but Central European time evening is usually the most a- accessible for kind of international time zones. So I've just started that, and this is going to grow um i've just started um 90 minute um channeled healing sessions um so the first one is going to be march 26 um, and you can find uh, them on my um, booking form uh, where you go to book the sessions there's also an option to book that um, healing radiance transmission so these transmissions are from the high beings. I have uh, been working with the Arcturian uh, healers, with the Hadarians, um, and also ascended masters and the archangels. Each call is going to be different, depended depending on what is needed, what is um, required. You know, at any given moment. But these are going to be solely healing transmissions. So we will just go in and we will receive healing energies, whatever wants to come through. Uh, It may be a multidimensional, you know, the uh, ancestral healing, the inner child healing. It can be a healing chamber where those high beings just go and work on you. But it will basically be 90 minutes of pure bliss, <laughs> as uh, as it usually happens, um, where we just receive those energies, bathe in them, and they are also wonderful for learning to be, learning to receive, just receiving healing is also being, right? It's also meditation, this capacity to open up. You know, there is a difference between People who approach a healing session in a receptive mode, and they just say, "Yes, I'm open, <laughs> do whatever whatever is needed, I'm receiving from high beings, and there are also people who come in with an agenda and they want to push "No, but I want this, I want this, I want that and usually, they don't get much of a heal out of a healing session usually it depends because it's always important to also have a an idea of what you want. It's good to know what you want. So there is that uh, fine balance. We can't have just yin or just yang, right? We there is a wisdom <laughs> in knowing what you want, and also wisdom in knowing when to step back and receive. But those healing calls, they are more in the receptive mode. We just open ourselves up to the higher level energies to the high beings that whoever wants to come in, the star beings, the archangels, the ascended masters, whoever wants to come in, we receive the light, the healing energies, the transformation. So this is also a meditation, a way of being. So everybody is welcome. You can check it out on on my website uh, wherever there is a booking form you will see it those are the healing gradients transmissions they'll be done on a on a conference call and later i'll also put them up on a on a recording and i'll put a link here as well at the the podcast so thank you all so much for listening and i'm wishing you many blessings in these challenging times on every level Um, and to your power, to your spiritual awakening. Until next time.